So I did the jump and I got Cyberpunk. I've been somewhat excited for the game, not as excited as some of my friends are and most of the internet, but it's fun. It's a little buggy. The shooting is interesting. Characters are really cool, though. The creation system wasn't as deep as I was hoping it would be. It seems like a game that by the time they pushed the date out, they were just rushing it to get it on stores so they could make their money back. I'm hoping with DLC and massive major updates that the game becomes the game that it's really supposed to be because it could be a phenomenal game once it's finally fully developed. And it's really funny that I'm talking about Cyberpunk tonight with the film that I'm covering. So let's start the show. Hi, I'm Evan. I love movies, and you should too. Tonight, a podcast about shootouts, space police, the president of the United States, the first daughter of the United States, a former CIA agent who may be dirty, but also maybe not dirty, some weird, very odd bad guys. Sci-fi elements are in tonight's episode as well. I'm talking tonight, Lockout. It's the world's most secure prison. It holds the planet's deadliest criminals. It's impenetrable because it's not on Earth. I'm gonna ask you a few questions. Do you dream while you're under? I'm gonna dream about you. You wanna test me? Sit down! He's got a gun! Mr. President, there's been a massive takeover on MS-1. My daughter is on a goodwill mission on that station. There's only one man who can get her out. Who? Snow. He's the best there is. But he's a loose cannon. Don't get me wrong, it's a dream vacation. I mean, I go into space, I get inside the maximum security nuthouse. Get past all the psychos. Save the president's daughter if she's not dead already. I'm thrilled that you would think of me. Get in there. God, I hate heights. The gravity generated will hold you up. You gotta trust me on this. Really? I am bringing you back from the dead. Can I have your attention? Our meal ticket is a woman. We need her alive. Hey, what the hell is happening here? It's falling out of the sky. Come back to me, my little enemy. Impact on the eastern seaboard in eight minutes. We're gonna get out of here. What if this doesn't work? Well, then we're probably gonna die. Don't worry, it's perfectly safe. The simple thank you is enough. Oh. I bet 
you're wondering, why the fuck am I talking about this movie? Well, I'll tell you why the fuck I'm talking about this movie. I love this movie. Came out in April of 2012, April 13th to be exact. Wasn't a big hit. It was gone in and out. Domestically, it made about $14 million. Internationally, it made about $20 million. It's about $34 million that it made. And it's just an action movie, a sci-fi action movie that rips off uh, one of the best sci-fi action movies of all time. But you know what? Maybe that's part of the reason why I really enjoy it. I think this is a fun, really goofy B, even C action movie with a couple of stars, a couple of people you'll know by face, not by name, some good character actors. And a lead performance that just knocks it out of the park and makes me want, if this character was in a better movie, I think it would have been a huge hit or at least a massive cult hit. Because this is not even a cult hit. I'm like the cult of this movie. I am probably the one person on the planet that's like, I love this movie. I have fun with this movie. I don't care. That's a complete ripoff of one of my favorite movies of all time. I'll get to that. I just think it's goofy. Some of the set pieces are fun. And the characters are really decent. And the chemistry between two of our main characters is pretty damn awesome. Okay, see here on the map? Yeah. That's where the pot is. You get in it, you fly away, the good guys will come and get you, okay? On my own? You're a big girl, right? Here's an apple and a gun. Don't talk to strangers. Shoot them. This is the plan you agreed on with my father? Yeah, he said it'll toughen you up. Apparently you need that. Well, I'm, I'm sure I'll be... Fine. Where are you going? Oh, I got a hot day. It's been a real slice, so good luck and good luck with the leg thing. Okay. So this movie was directed by James Mather and Stephen St. Ledger, or Leisure, or Legger. I'm going to massively hurt his name, and I'm sorry for that, sir, because you guys did a pretty decent job in directing this film. James Mather has been a director of photography for Extraordinary, which I could be talking about on the season finale episode that's coming really soon. It's a really funny movie with Will Forte. Also, he was a director of photographer on Frank which has in common the producer of this movie, and he's been cinematographer or director of photography on the sci-fi show Krypton, Superman prequel. Stephen St. Leisure has been a director on episodes of Vikings. So they kind of have an action background, I would say, for this action movie, and this is like their one movie. I guess it. someone gave them a budget. I can tell you who in just a moment. It seems like they didn't take off after this, and... I feel like they could have if the film was just overall better. I mean, I think it's fun and a blast, but I'm in the minority. It was also written by Mather and Leisure, and it's also written by Luke Basson. Listeners, you know Luke Basson. He is the director of Lucy, The Fifth Element, Leon the Professional. Yes, I call it Leon the Professional because The Professional is not cut you should see. If you're ever going to watch The Professional, you need to watch Leon. The uh, maybe director's cut of that film, it's a phenomenal film. Also director of La Femme Nikita. He's the producer of the Taken series. He's the producer of the Transporter series. He's the producer of the District B-13 series. He also produced two of Jet Li's American films, I guess, or non-Asian films that came out in the States and the UK. 
A Kiss of the Dragon, which I think is a really good movie, and Unleash, which I know has a huge cult following. It used to be called uh, Danny the Dog. And I like that movie too, but Kiss of the Dragon, I really, really enjoy. I think that's one of Jet Li's best over-the-pond movies. This is an action sci-fi film about a character named Snow. He's a former CIA agent that is on trial, I guess, for killing his partner slash boss and stealing evidence. This character is played by Guy Pierce. So yeah, this is two back-to-back episodes where we're talking about Guy Pierce movies. I don't know how it happened, but I'm perfectly okay with it. The Golden Globe-nominated actor and Emmy-winning actor. He's been in Prometheus, Memento. I've talked about LA Confidential. Go back to the previous episode and listen to LA Confidential with me and Matt C. We had a blast. He was the villain in Iron Man. He was in the Hurt Locker. He's in Ravenous. So he plays Snow. And Snow is much like... The lone gunman, tough-talking, always has quips, complete asshole. Like, he is a total dickhead in this movie, but I absolutely love it. Like, the one-liners, the attitude, he just feels like he came from a different era, but it feels so right. It's definitely late 70s, 80s type action hero, but he plays it so well. I can't even comprehend to the levels of assholery he is in this movie. Again, what happened in that motel room? Uh, it was coupon night and I was trampolining your wife. You're a real comedian, aren't you, Snow? Well, I guess that's why they call it the punchline. You don't like me, do you? Don't flatter yourself. I don't like anybody. With that attitude, I can see why nobody likes you. Oh, come on. People love me. Just ask your wife. (laughs) And it's so good. That's why I'm so upset that... Well, I'm not upset. I just would love to see that character in another movie. Maybe even in like a John Wick movie. Or put him with an action director and just let him go off. Like, he would feel right at home with Hobbs and Shaw, except his character is way better than both of those. And I just love the film for it. He's the reason why you watch this film, is Guy Pierce. And also, the, well, there's another reason I'll get to in a minute. He is definitely the reason why you watch this film. He is acting on such a chewing scenery level. It is just chef's kiss. I can't explain it enough that if you need to experience this film, stop listening to the podcast right now. Go watch Lockout. It's on Netflix. Come back and listen to me gush more about this movie because he's just so good in it. So the film basically starts with him being arrested and interrogated for killing his partner and stealing evidence. He's being interrogated by the head member of this the Secret Service, who's played by Peter Stormare. You know Peter Stormare. You should know him by name, listeners. Definitely, if you listen to this podcast, you know him by name. But if you don't, he's one of the villains in Fargo. He's Steve Buscemi's partner. He is the devil in Constantine. He's in Armageddon. He's the Russian mob man in Bad Boys 2. He's in John Wick 2. He's the asshole, I guess, asshole villain to Vince Vaughn and Jeff Goldblum in The Lost World Jurassic Park. And he's in The Big Lebowski. Once you see Peter Stormare's face, you're like, oh, I know who that is. 
he's that dude and he's good he's he's okay in this i've seen him i think he's better in like bad boys he's excellent in constantine he's really good fargo he's just chewing scenery in this he's just getting the paycheck but he's good so after we get the interrogation of snow we find out what happened or we think we know what happened there's a huge car chase and there's evidence that he gave to a partner of his and the partner locked it up and so snow was gonna get executed or Actually, he's going to go to jail. We meet the president and the president's daughter. And the president's daughter is on a humanitarian mission to the space prison that's above the Earth. And she's played by Maggie Grace. And you know Maggie Grace as the daughter from the Taken series. She's the one that's always taken. She's also been on Lost. Right now, she's on Fear the Walking Dead, which I don't watch because I don't like the Walking Dead TV shows. I just like the comic books and the graphic novels. And she was on Californication. You see her face, you'll know Maggie Grace. So she's on a humanitarian mission, and shit hits the fan. She and the Secret Service members and all of her members of her entourage get captured. All the space prisoners break out, and they're holding her hostage. Basically, the only person that can save them without destroying the whole ship is Snow. So they send Snow up there. And it's just hell trying to get her out. Snow is also trying to solve his own crime because he needs to find his buddy and get the evidence that proves that he did not kill his partner. So all of this is going on in the space prison. And does this sound kind of familiar to you? Yeah. In 2015, director John Carpenter sued the filmmakers in Paris that lockout, plagiarized, escape from New York and escape from L.A. And he won. He won damages of 450,000 euro for the lawsuit. And yes, this film is basically Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. President's daughter is on space prison, needs to be saved by an asshole former military or undercover ops guy. That's it. And the characters play very similar. Guy Pierce Snow doesn't have a eye patch or anything like that, but he's an asshole. So yeah, I think that's why maybe I enjoyed this movie so much because it's, I would call it a bad homage to Escape from New York. Escape from L.A. is terrible. Honestly, I'd rather watch Lockout than Escape from L.A. That's how bad I think Escape from L.A. is. I mean, I'll rewatch it, but I think it's definitely on the down end of Carpenter's filmmaking. There's a turn where Carpenter starts making movies and you're just like, oh man, what happened to the awesome director we knew for me his last like really good entertaining movie is vampires but i can't really re-watch that lately because it's, uh, i hate james woods look him up you'll understand why so snow is the one named character you do find out his first name later on uh, spoiler alert i'm gonna spoil it because it it makes a connection you find out near the end of the film his first name is marion and he says, my dad was a John Wayne fan. John Wayne's real name was Marion Robert Morrison. That's a cool end joke. Also, you can connect this to another 80s lone cop movie. Cobra's first name was Marion. So it's Marion Cobretti, Marion Snow. I like that because you could definitely put this film in that group of like lone gunmen, 80s cop action thrillers. His character fits right in there. Like I would... Love to see him alongside those characters because he'd be great. Let's everyone know you're a rat. Here, put these on. No. They don't come in pink. You can't walk past 500 whack jobs dressed like a chick. Oh, so this is part of your plan. So kind of you to clue me in. 
You can't smoke in here. All evidence to the contrary. So, so what do I call you? You know what? Don't call me. What's your name? Snow. Snow? Yeah, or sir, you can decide. What's your first name? Snow. Your name is Snow Snow? Well, that's just ridiculous. Why won't you tell me your name? I just did. No, you didn't. What is that? Uh, engine oil, coffee, some water. I just get out of the toilet. And just what do you plan on doing with it? I plan on putting it in your hair. There's not really anybody else of, like, stature in the movie except for one person. So there's a guy working in the CIA that works with Snow. Um, he's played by Lenny James. You probably don't know his name, but also he's another character actor where you'd know his face. He is one of the robbers in Snatch. He's was on The Walking Dead, and now he's on Fear of the Walking Dead. He's in Blade Runner 2049, and he's in the Luke Besson-produced Colombiana with Zoe Saldana. It seems like a, there's a bunch of people when I was doing research that are connected to other Luke Besson movies. So it seems like Luke Besson likes to work with the same people over and over again, much like Mike Flanagan, much like John Carpenter. They get accustomed to... To certain people, and I guess they have a good working repertoire, and he just keeps working with them because two of the producers and actors that were in this have been in other things that Luke Besson has either produced or directed or written and directed. Uh, one other person of mention in the cast is Tim Peltzer. You may not know him by name, but if you watch Game of Thrones, he was on Game of Thrones. He's Black Walder Rivers. So that brings a circuit. You're like, oh, I know that guy. Where do I know that guy from? Oh, he's on Game of Thrones. Not really excited about that prequel, but the cast. Man, you're going to make me watch another Game of Thrones show, HBO. How are you going to make me do that? You can't be putting that cast together. I just hope the Double Ds have nothing to do with this. Maybe HBO will do the right thing and go get the right creators, go slow and steady, because it seems like when you go slow and steady and you flesh out your characters and you have good stories and good one-off episodes, you get a show like The Mandalorian, which I'm not watching because I refuse to watch Star Wars shit with transphobes. I won't do it. It's not happening. Get her off the show. Maybe I'll come back. Not until they do some serious changing in the Disney Star Wars universe. I'm getting off topic. So this film has a bunch of gunfights, few hand-to-hand -hand fights. It's got a lot of goofy dialogue, but it's got some really good chemistry. And the chemistry comes from Maggie Grace and Guy Pierce. When they're on screen together, it's awesome because they're just bickering at each other. But it's the bickering that's not annoying. It's the bickering that makes their their characters get to grow. You get to learn about their characters. And also you feel like you're right there with them. That's why I want either not a sequel because there probably will never be a sequel. No one except for me is calling for a sequel to Lockout. I would love to see a good action director working today take her character and his character and put them in like a fucking diehard situation kind of like this and make another movie or just put the characters in another movie like and just say it's a snow a story, a snow story, <laughs> snow story. That's how good they are together. And that's why the movie is so much fun to me. It's just an action farce that is taking story elements from John Carpenter and from the 80s 
and putting him into this ridiculous action adventure that's kind of a lot of fun. For me, it's one of those movies where I can just, I've seen it so many times, I can just watch it and have a good time. Every time Guy Pierce says anything in the film, I am at full attention. But I also think it would be a good party movie for like if you're having a B movie party night, socially distances, distanced, of course. You want to get some beers, you want to get some pizza, and you want to watch a bunch of B movies. Do this as your first B movie, and then maybe watch a B or C horror movie. But And the villains are stupid, but some of them are really vile and do some really good villain villainy character work. And then you've got, you know, the story that you can probably figure out from the first like 10 minutes. You could figure out what's going on. Honestly, it's not really that hard to source out what the actual plot line is and what the quote unquote twist is. And if there's somebody lying about things and is is Snow a bad guy or rooting for a bad guy or is he actually the really, really good guy that's just trying to save the president's daughter? This is just a fun movie. It's got really great chemistry between Guy Pierce and Maggie Grace. It's got an excellent one of honestly, Guy Pierce as Snow was so fucking good. This is like my favorite character of his he's ever played. Because I'm not a fan of Memento. I think he's phenomenal in Prometheus. And he has a small I think he has a small part in Alien Covenant. His Iron Man villain is I like that Iron Man movie, but his villain is kinda I think they should have made somebody else the villain in that. There there's a perfectly good actress. That they could have made the villain, but you know, there he's really good in the Hurt Locker. And Ravenous is just a fucked up movie that him and Robert Carlyle are really good in, really gross and really vile. But it's an entertaining film. When somebody says Guy Pierce, I'm going, My favorite Guy Pierce performance is Lockout, as Marion Snow. No questions asked. Lockout is the movie on Netflix that you should choose. It's right there for you. So go take a watch, have some fun with it. Just a little update. There's going to be, after this episode, there will be one more episode for the year of 2020, and then we'll be starting season two. I'll be telling you more about that, maybe on Patreon, maybe on the season finale episode. We'll see how I feel, and we'll see how the writing goes. But you know where to find me. I'm on the internet, because you're listening on the internet. <laughs> you can find me at Johnny Freak. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-P-H-R-E-A-K. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. I'll be updating my film blog soon. It's overlookomniplex.wordpress.com. You can find the show on Instagram and Twitter. It's uh, ILMUS2Pod, or just search I Love Movies, You Should Too. You'll be able to find it that way. And you know to search the podcast on Anchor. Thank you, Anchor, for being our home for this first season. Love you. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow. That would be fantastic. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. I'd love to read some reviews. I'll even read some reviews if you write them. I'll even make a whole Patreon episode for just reading reviews of this show. That'd be great because the more eyes we get, the more ears we get, the more fun I can have doing this show for you because season two is going to be a blast, y'all. I've already got three months planned and got some serious guests lined up. I'm Evan. I love movies. You should too. I'll see you soon. 